Youngs. Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast formerly about NBC's The Good Place and now kind of about whatever we feel like. Uh, mostly Marvel stuff these days, it seems. Yeah. Uh, my name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she started an underground fighting ring in Macau when she was 16 years old. It's my sister, Marissa. You abandoned me. My favorite character. My favorite Not character. mine. <laughs> Well, agree to disagree. Little sister energy over here. Um, <laughs> if you can't tell, we are talking about uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, I believe is the full name of the movie. Yes, it's very long. This movie was great before we get into it. A it little was bit of- so good. I lured Brianna back into a theater for this the first my- time since March 2020. My first theater experience, I think probably since like, Christmas of 2019, if I'll be honest. I actually went to a movie, like, the weekend before lockdown. I went to go see Emma in an art house theater. Oh, nice. In March 2020. Uh, but yeah, this was my first. The- I was like, I really, people are saying great things about that. I went and I was, like, texting Bran every day, like, have you seen it yet? Literally every day she was like, <laughs> get your butt to a movie theater. Uh, we can talk about our theater-going experiences. But before we jump in, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping at the top. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Amazon emailed me saying, do you want to put your podcast on Amazon? Raise your hand, guys, if you want me to put the podcast on Amazon. Like, Bezos? Just, yeah, well, I'm not a big Bezos fan, but like, shoot <laughs> us an email, thegoodplaypod yeah. at gmail.com. If you were like, yes, having it, just like any platform, if you're like, yes, having it on this platform would make my life like much easier. Yeah, just shoot us an email, thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. And you can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called The Good Play. Twitter, we are at The Good Play Pod. And you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. Do you have any listener mail? We had, um, after the final Loki episode, listener Susan was initially like, cause you know, remember she had that crazy prediction that Casey was the original timekeeper yes! and we were like, girl, if that's true, you can come be on the show. And <laughs> there was like a hot minute where she was like, I was right. And then she was like, oh, just kidding. Eh. <laughs> like Casey, because Casey, um, it's not his name. His real name is Eugene Cordero. Like, he's credited in the final episode of Loki. Um, oh. But it's just because he's, like, among the people in, like, the new timeline. He's, like, running around. That's oh, it. okay. Okay. So. Got it. You're not invited, Susan. I'm sorry. <laughs> come up with a theory about, the next time we do a show, come up with a crazy theory and maybe you can come on then. So do we want to, like, front load this episode with any with anything about the movie or our theater going experience before we get into like plot and all that good stuff. Uh, I was in a theater, I think including my friend, I went to go see it with, I think there were five people in the theater, us included. Mm -hmm. So it was a very empty theater. It was not my favorite theater. I I believe that this movie theater, I'm sure they're all losing money hand over fist. Right. So I believe that one of the things that this theater was doing to save money was to turn the air conditioning, uh, down up you know what I mean? like to Ooh. turn the thermostat up a little bit i guess is what i should say like you know how normally you go into a movie theater and you're like whoo it's like 55 degrees in here goodness like pass me it's my like fleece house. this is chill <laughs> this is very chilly this movie theater was like like a sticky 76 <laughs> Ooh, know? that's like, like my apartment <laughs> it was not pleasant like i mostly was so like laser focused on this movie because I enjoyed it so much that it didn't bother me that much. But during the like down times of the movie, I was like pulling my hair off my neck. Like... You needed a Chinese fan. You needed yes. 
<laughs> I was like pulling my hair off my neck, like this is not what movie theaters are supposed <laughs> to be like. No, th- oh, and also no. like we had the masks on, right? So mm-hmm. like Maryland is a Maryland is a very pro mask culture, which I really appreciate. Like go Maryland, we're great, but like it did mean that I was in this mask in this overheated theater for like two plus hours, kind of being like. Okay, guys, I know you're losing money, but I really need you to crank that AC up. <laughs> My movie-going experience was chillier, um, but equally, no one was in the theater. I had an entire row to myself, which was pretty pretty baller. Um, but I also really missed having someone... There were several times in the movie where I like wanted to turn to somebody and like give a face, like make a face, not that you would have seen it because I was wearing a mask, but like make a face or like... <laughs> turn to somebody and be like, I, I bet this is what's going to happen. Or like, yeah. oh my God, or this or that. And, and I couldn't do that. Did so you I, see that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do that. So I did, I missed, I missed. The social, yeah, aspects. I really did. Like, I mean, so I went to, shouts to Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. Um, they, uh, like, I got to the front, you know, where you come in and the guy at the front was like, I need to see your... And I was like, oh, I know. And I pulled out my ticket. And I was like, here's my ticket to this movie on my phone. And the guy's like, oh, that's nice. I need to see your vaccination card. <laughs> <laughs> like, in a very nice way. He was not snarky at all. But I was like, oh, right. Got it. So I had that. So they're not quite there in Maryland, right? We're like a very pro-mask culture and a pro-vax culture. But we're not at the point of anybody is checking my vax card ever for anything. Oh, New York City. The only other people in the theater were three teenagers. And I was like, I would bet you money that these clowns are not vaccinated. (laughs) I mean. Because that that was just, that was just the vibe I was getting from them is that they were a bunch of clowns. (laughs) Listen, you want to talk about a bunch of clowns. I felt safer in, you know, because I've been like limiting, still limiting what I do socially but I, I felt safer in the theater than I did on the subway going to the theater because oh, sure. on the subway going to the theater, two boys, two teenage clowns got on the train. <laughs> One of them took off his shirt, took oh. out a vape. They both did not have masks on. Oh One of them started vaping and then they put on a um, portable speaker and started Why playing. Why do you live in New York? really dance <laughs> this is what you're doing like sc- you know like scream singing explicit lyrics on the subway <laughs> vaping the things shirtless. that you have come to accept as normal <laughs> are anti-social behavior it's wild clinically style. diagnostic anti-social behavior it is wild style i mean i think new york city is we're having a slow motion, like, uh, <laughs> psychotic episode because of COVID. Like, everybody's losing their mind. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> a lot of clowns here. So, um, but the movie, yeah, I, I will say, like, about the movie experience itself. Yeah, I, I thought it was really, I don't want to be one of those, like, Denis Villeneuve, like, purists who's like if you don't see my movie on the big screen then flush yourself down the toilet <laughs> like, like truly the guy so <laughs> i know exactly who you're 
<laughs> the guy who's directing Dune, which is coming yep. out next month, yep. basically was like... With Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. And um, Kate's boyfriend, Oscar Isaacs, also. Shouts to Kate. Uh, we're going to watch that movie on the small screen together. But, you know, he was like, if you don't see this in... If you don't see Dune on the big screen, then, like, it's not worth seeing. And that's not art and all this other stuff. And, it, like... I don't want to be that person. Like, do the thing that works for you. And, like, I'm sorry if you miss Dune in theaters, but, like, whatever. Like, I really wasn't planning to see this on a big screen. I was waiting until it came out on Disney+. Plus, But, you know, we wanted to do an episode about it. And I have a flexible work schedule, so I can go to the theater in the middle of the day on, like, a Wednesday, which is what I did. And I actually felt safe. And, um, you know, like I said, I was the only person in my row. And... It really did, like, I did not think I missed going to the movies, and I do. Turns out I do. There have been a lot of things over the course of, like, sort of, God hope, late stage, but, like, later stage (laughs) pandemic times. You would say post-vax pandemic. Post-vax pandemic times where, like, I am reintroduced to something for the first time in a long time that I didn't think that I missed that much, and I have, like, a very strong reaction to it, and, like, this was one of them. I I really enjoyed seeing it on the big screen. I felt very pumped up. Like, by the time I was leaving, I was like, that was so cool. Also, if we have time at the end, I would love to talk about the Matrix Resurrections trailer because I saw... Oh, sure. I got to see that on the big screen. Yeah. And I'm, like, mad that I saw it for the first time on, like, my Twitter feed. I'm so... I was like, I almost wish that I did not know that there had been a Matrix 4 trailer out and I would have just seen it for the first time in the theater because... actually i don't think that was one of my trailers i think all my trailers were bad and horrible it was like moonfall and 007 and blah 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 i had that too um and i had i got the new spider-man trailer no way home oh yes yes i did see that obviously it's a marvel um, property but so I... I like i would say that like i thought this movie was greatly enhanced by being on the big screen i think it was totally worth going to big to the big screen if i'm going to like truly interrogate my soul like why did i feel like i wanted to go see this in the theater um i was kind of trying to be anti-racist yeah i guess that's true yeah (laughs) like there was all this talk about like oh you know is it gonna underperform and like do americans care about like asian heroes and i was like i care i'm gonna go see it (laughs) If look, if it had gotten bad reviews, I would have been like, I'm not risking my health to go to a theater to make a point about a movie that's not good. However, all the reviews were like, this is a really great movie. And I was like, okay, really great movie. And I kind of feel like I have to show up for this yeah. stuff. Like if I care about like, you know, I went and saw Captain Marvel in the theater and Wonder Woman in the theater and Black Panther in the theater. Like, if, I, if I'm if i going to say that, like, we need to diversify, you know, who can star in a movie, like, I have to show up for that movie. Yeah. So I was like, let's go see this movie in the theater for the first time in, you know, 18 months. And then, like, it turned out to be totally worth it, I thought, because I yeah. thought that... The, think, the the action choreography is so gorgeous. Oh I think my it god! Really I would benefits for, from being on the silver screen. I agree. I mean, I that's I I think the fights, the fight choreography was incredible. It's so much better than the normal like Marvel, just like punch harder. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> just punch a lot and punch real hard. Like, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but I think that's a great point. Like if. If you are going to go see a movie, I mean, that's kind of the way, like, 
why I don't feel that way about, like, Dune, right? Because I'm like, this movie was already made, and... The spice must flow. And, like, look, as much as... I I don't think Timothy Chalamet is, like, hurting. Like, we don't... There's nobody who's like, can a thin, attractive white man be a protagonist anymore? Like, come on. Also, I just have a soft spot for Kyle McLaughlin, so... Oh, the original dude. Yeah, the original. But I think that's a great point. Like, there... Because I know um, there have been articles that are like, you know, Shang-Chi, quote-unquote, underperforming, which I don't think that's actually true underperforming shows like the limits of diversity at the box office i saw that headline and i was people are like it's a pandemic bro like i'd be really interested to see how this does on streaming too eventually when it comes out on disney plus like it's coming out on disney plus really soon yeah it's coming out in november i believe well look and if you have kids who are not yet old enough to be vaccinated like the smart thing to do is to wait until you can all watch it together and even if it is pay you know, 30 bucks extra on Disney plus or whatever it is for premiere access. Like um, the smarter thing to do would be to wait until everybody can safely watch it. And, you know, but I I would just say to our listeners, if you are like healthy and vaccinated and it doesn't fill you with terror to go to a movie theater, like this is completely worth breaking your movie theater fast for. I agree. And if you want to come with me, you'll just have to brave a subway full of clowns. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to do my best with the plot summary, so I saw this fairly recently, um, but I didn't, like, take notes in the theater, so I had to copy somebody else's and kind of rework it from my own memory. But how do you want to do the plot? Do you want me to do it? Uh, I'll, I guess I'll just try to use this. this okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if we really want to, like, go, like, beat for beat. It's a long yeah. movie. <laughs> it is a long movie. Oh, the other thing we should say, as we say in all of our movie episodes, spoilers... So, like, if, you, if you're really waiting for this to come out on streaming, please go see it. it. There's, so, there's so much stuff in it that, like, um, not being spoiled. Like, I knew practically nothing about this movie. I mean, I knew that there were ten rings. <laughs> and <laughs> I had seen trailers, but I hadn't read anything about the plot. And there was so much that was just, like, a delightful surprise. And it's, like, just be delightfully surprised. Do not spoil yourself on this episode. We will be here when you get back from the regal. <laughs> yeah. Also, like I, I, we sometimes we do our like our bona fides for like Marvel episodes or Star Wars episodes or whatever. Like this is not a character that I'm familiar with at all. I don't think it's a character that practically anybody's familiar with. You know, they're. I think in more recent years, so like Alamo Drafthouse has all their all their screen time stuff leading up to the show will be related to whatever the the movie is and so they were sort of going through a history of shang chi and a history of um like kung fu action films and and chinese action films and things like that and they did say that a a fairly popular graphic novelist uh uh gene luen yang oh he did um we have um kids graphic novels for my my eight-year-old yes secret uh, coders you got them for us yeah secret Secret coders Coders. we love those those are great so he did secret coders he he also um won an award for his book american born chinese oh yes that's supposed to be very good i haven't read that though yeah i have that one and so he's been writing shang chi recently so i almost wonder if like that's sort of part of the renaissance the way that like they've gotten some really um marvel has tapped some some really uh, i think well-known african-american authors to to tackle black panther black yeah. panther i think that's in concert with 
the cinema side though you know what i mean yeah like, i think that true. they probably you know because it takes like five years to make one of these movies so mm-hmm. they have plenty of time to be like all right let's get some books out on this guy you know let's revitalize anyway so yeah so we don't know anything about this character probably you don't either that if is you fine. do send us and drop us a line like i'd love to know i mean we can look at the character's wikipedia page we don't i know but the marvel wikipedia is like the most byzantine nonsense remember that really time we tried it's, gonna, to... it's like over here on earth 496 <laughs> what happened is that his mother was actually his grandmother and you're like what is <laughs> happening remember that time we tried to look up like the soul stone or whatever and then oh, we ended no. up it was a bad no. it, it was such a rabbit hole <laughs> anyway anyway plot so we have a voiceover and it's from shang chi's mom who is among the most ethereally beautiful Ooh. humans I've ever seen in my life. Um, her name, I had her name. Her the character's name is Ying Li. You have here. Fala Chen is the actress. Yes, she's unspeakably beautiful. Luminous. <laughs> like I, she she took off her. She's like wearing a mask in an early scene. She took off her mask, and I was like, oh, I'm in love with you, like instantly. <laughs> so she's doing a voiceover, and she's talking about. You know, this this famous man, uh, Zhu Wenwu, he discovered the mystical Ten Rings. It gives their users immortality. And so you sort of see, like, as the establishing shot, um, basically, he's Genghis Khan. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he says later, like, one of my names is, they've known me as Khan. And I was like, I knew it. I said Genghis Khan when oh, we had the opening scene. <laughs> like, he basically, like, Genghis Khan's up the place yeah. with these Ten Rings on his arm that... Like are they're mystical? They fly around. You can punch things with them. They they're like um, I don't know. If you haven't seen them in action, like what's a good analogy? If you've seen Captain Marvel, I think like the way that she sort of uses her like her like energy, uh, energy blast powers, yeah, uh, blast because they the Ten Rings are both offensive and defensive. It seems like yeah, he totally. can strike with them and they protect him. Yes. So he basically cool. bowls his way through enemy lines um, fairly easily. Yes. So then it's like, well, he got bored with conquering. You know, it's sort of like the Alexander wept for there were no more worlds to conquer thing, right? Mm-hmm. He got bored with that, and then he became like a secretive crime boss. But then in 1996, which, by the way, do you feel as ancient as I do when you're like, oh, the new Marvel hero is supposed to have been born in like 1997 or something. And you're like, I was a fully formed person at that <laughs> point. <laughs> I, I was. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and if you like, like imagining that he's born the next year, right? Like oh, I had a totally. job in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't quite that. I was, you know, I was still a kiddo, but, you know, I remember <laughs> the, the, the mid-90s, like, whew, yeah. yeah, it's it's rough. We're How old. old is Simu? I'm going to look this up while you talk. Simulu, Simulu, yeah. I believe, Simulu. Um, I don't know. Oh, he's my age. He's, he's 32. Well, he's a little, okay, so he's, you're younger than me. Yeah, but he's, so he's playing a little younger than he actually is, yeah, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so... We're in the mid-90s. Clinton is president. And... (laughs) (laughs) 
Shang-Chi's dad, who I'm just gonna, can I just call him Genghis Khan? Wenwu, Wenwu. Is, 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 Wenwu is the name that he kind of uses, although he's like, oh, names of power, and like, it's not his real name, it's fine. I mean, it's, he's also, I think it's relevant to say that, like, in the Marvel Comics universe, like, he's also known as the Mandarin. Yeah, that's a whole thing. We'll get there. We'll so. Get there. He's like, he heard, he hears of this place called Ta Lo, which is a village that's a mystical village. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go find it. And I'm going to go conquer it. Cause that's my whole, it's my whole thing. And so he comes to this, like, so, so basically there he's, he's got a whole convoy and he's driving through this bamboo forest and the bamboo forest kind of moves around. It's a very neat effect. Yeah. The ba- it's like the trees move around and basically they eat the convoy car, but he's got the 10 rings and he manages, he just manages to kind of save himself and he's kind of wandering on foot and he stumbles across this clearing and the most beautiful woman in the world is there. <laughs> she truly is. <laughs> and he's sort of like, haha, I'm going to kick her butt. And she's like, uh-huh, yeah. And then she hands his ass to him, and it is glorious. She, and it's it's not just that, so, like, this is the first. It's not a brutal fight. It's a very romantic fight. It's a very, like, they are falling in love as they're it's fighting. It's like Crouching Tiger, yes. you know? You remember I got Crouching the same, Tiger? I got a, I love Crouching Tiger. I got, I mean, Michelle Yeoh. It's Yo. too sad. I know. Well, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> this this movie has its moments of sadness, too. Yeah, it um, does. And, you know, Michelle Yeoh is in both. That, yeah. They're... She might be my favorite character. Oh, she's great. But yeah, it's it's this really beautiful choreography. And she is, like, effortlessly <laughs> just wailing on him. But in a very <laughs> loving way. It's, it's, she it's can, great. like, call the wind. And the wind is helping her. And she just has the... She, like, arcs her foot in this really gracious way. And they're kind of like moving together and you just see it on their faces. And, and like the guy who plays Wen Wu is apparently like super, super, super famous in China. I'm going to look him up. Um, and I watched an interview with him. Now it was all in Chinese. I had to watch the subtitles, but um, I watched sort of like, you know how like GQ will do like, you know, walk through all the roles you've had. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he seems like a super great guy. I mean, I guess, like, an asterisk on everything I'm saying about all the actors who live in China, which is, like, you know, if you live in China or you have family in China, like, you can't say things about stuff like the Chinese government uh, doing ethnic cleansing, which they are absolutely engaged in ethnic cleansing. Um, But, and when I say this actor's a great guy, if someone wants to come back at me and, like, well, why hasn't he used his platform to decry ethnic cleansing? It's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I... If I were living in a totalitarian regime and so, and I had a platform and I was supposed to decry ethnic cleansing, but I knew that it was going to bring harm to my family, like, I don't know if I would have the moral courage to do that either. Like, His that's name a, is uh, Tony Leung. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if I have the moral courage to do that. So, He's like, from Hong Kong. I, yeah, but Hong Kong's under Chinese control now. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, there's a couple of actors that I have looked up and um, I might say... Um, things about them that are praise and I don't want anybody to take that as me not taking seriously the horrible horrible positions of the Chinese government but I also understand like the pragmatic reality of um, the Chinese government has a lot of ways of keeping people silent I just want to get that out of the way now and let's like not hopefully not have to address it again yeah I also think there's a look there's a larger point to be made about like Disney as a corporation and they're oh for sure (laughs) for sure 
I right, it, all the energy that you want to expend on individual actors or actresses making a statement or not making a statement, that's energy that you should be be expending at a, you know, billion dollar yeah. corporation that has decided that its bottom line is best served by kowtowing to China, right? Like that's yeah. the reality. But he is I, I think we got a little this is a, a sidetrack from what you were gonna say, which is that he's a very good actor. <laughs> oh yeah, he's extremely charismatic and just the the looks that pass between him and Ying Li are just very like very romantic and like you just instantly see this like great chemistry between them and it's like so it's all wordless and it's like really beautiful. Yeah. And so, and, but it's like the mom, Ying Li is like doing the voiceover and she's like, anyway, we fell in love. So that's how I met your dad. <laughs> that's how I met, and that's how, like how I met your mother would have been so much better I know. if it had ended with <laughs> Kung Fu and being like, and that's how I met your mother. <laughs> so, you know, Wen Wu has the 10, he's had the 10 rings on for like millennia, but he's like, I'm going to give them up to have like a normal life. And he like puts them in a box yeah. And the mom gives each kid this like pretty green pendant, and she they leaves ch- her village. Yes, they will not let uh, Wenwu come into the. Mi- we don't see the mystical village at this point. We're we're assured that it exists, but they're not like the kids aren't allowed to be there. The husband's not allowed to be there. So the mom leaves with the dad. So they go start a family at one of his, you know, he's, he's like crime boss. He's got all these properties. So they, you know, they start a family at one of his properties. So they have these two kids, Shangxi and uh, Zha Ling. So that's uh, the firstborn is a boy. Secondborn is a girl. And, you know, they each get this special green pendant. And, you know, she says to them, she says to Shangxi, like, this will guide you home or something. Right. And then, you know, we cut to him you know, the alarm going off and he gets out of bed and he like does all these calisthenics and you're, and, and oh yeah, he's extremely attractive. <laughs> like, he's like a 14 pack. I can't <laughs> handle it. It's like, yeah, it's nuts. So you are, the, the movie tries to trick you for about 30 seconds into thinking that he's like a high roller and then like, no, he's a valet. He parks cars. <laughs> yeah. And he works with his best friend, uh, Katie, who's played by Aquafina, who is, of course, great. Although I did have this... Mo- the last thing I saw Aquafina in was uh, a truly bad Disney movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. <laughs> so for, for the first, like, three minutes of Aquafina being on screen, I just was seeing this animated dragon in my head. <laughs> oh, I but saw it- her... The last time I saw her was... Uh, I watched The Farewell. A very good movie. Oh, I heard good things about that. Yeah. So, you know... Katie and Sean are hanging out and they, they go to Katie's uh, house or apartment where she lives with her little brother and her mom and her grandma. And it's this interesting thing where Shang-Chi is being, sh- is shown as being fully fluent in English, but also fully fluent in Mandarin. Yeah. Which is actually really interesting because um, the actor who plays his dad is actually a native speaker of Cantonese. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, so it so he he didn't have to learn Mandarin until much later in life for like a different role, which I thought was really interesting. Huh. So, but but Shangxi is like fluent in Mandarin as well as English. Like he's totally fluent in both, and and seems to have no accent in either. So he can like really blend in in either country. And but it's this really interesting thing of like Katie's grandma only speaks Chinese, yeah, and Shangxi can answer her back in Chinese, but Katie can't. Like Katie is one generation removed. Yeah. from being able to speak the language she can understand it but she can't speak it um which just kind of has some interesting like 
like just some interesting weird things happen with the plot. And I did hear one Chinese American reviewer who, you know, said she found that sort of, I think touching or something that like, yeah, that's like a really common experience, right? That you're, you know, your grandparents speak this language that you don't actually speak. And, and, but she said, she said they didn't give Katie nearly a hard enough time <laughs> for not speaking. It. Well, they give her a hard time about everything else because they give her a hard time about uh, her job and her yes. life choices. And... Yes. They're just, I mean, they just are berating these two 20 somethings about like, you should go to law school, right? <laughs> yeah. You can't park cars forever. Blah, blah, also, blah. Also the grandmother very sweetly, very sweetly in Mandarin is like, when are you going to marry my granddaughter? Yes. And Shang-Chi is like, Sean, who we should say his, he's going by Sean's name is Sean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's um, going by Sean at this point. Um, and, uh, Sean is like, we're, we're not together. Like we're just friends. And the grandmother's like, does not accept that. <laughs> yes. It was very funny. I liked her a lot. So they're like, okay, you know, and they had, I think, Oh yeah, there's, there's, th- th- it's necessary to understand the, um, one of the, uh, post-credit scenes that they like went out late the night before to sing karaoke. Yeah. Um, so they're like running late and they're like, okay, we got to catch the bus. They get on the bus. This big dude sees Sean's pendant, like the green pendant his mom gave him. Yeah. And it turns into a massive, like a brawl on the bus. And this it is incredible. thrilling. Yes, it was such a great set piece. Oh my god! And did you see that it was real? No, that, like, I haven't looked up. I need to do so much research on like the behind the scenes for this because I'm. I saw wrong. behind the scenes of like the bus, like a real bus, like legit crashing into a bunch of cars. Oh my god! They like did a bunch of it in practical, like in a real bus. That's amazing. <laughs> they cut a bus in half. Yeah, they did. Wow. That's so awkward. it's just this very protracted, but like when I say protracted, I don't mean it like pejoratively. Like it's long and it's great. Yeah, <laughs> this protracted fight sequence where like this this bunch of goons are all trying to get his pendant and he's trying to keep it from them. And meanwhile, like Katie is just like, "What is happening?" Well, what I so what I love about this, like on a macro level, is that this is an like we talked about. I, I just re-listened to our Captain Marvel episode recently, and we sort of talked about how they played with the idea of an origin story because they kind of Mm -hmm. went back and forth in time and did that stuff with all her memories. This is an origin story where this guy knows exactly who he is and he's just Mm -hmm. been hiding it for years and we find out along with Katie who he is. Yes. Which I thought Katie's kind of our point of view character. Well, not our point of view character, but like our audience surrogate character. Which I thought was such a brilliant way to do it because, again, I didn't know this character going in. So she's like, man, you don't know how to fight. Like, you're not going to fight this guy. And then he busts out with, like, <laughs> level 10 kung fu. Conquers, yes. like, jujitsu moves. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, who is this, like, baby Keanu Reeves? <laughs> and, like, you know, it's it's a an amazing, amazing fight. But you are also left being, like, feeling the way that Katie does. Like, who are you, man? Like, what right. is this? Right. And Katie has to drive the bus because the bus driver, I think, has like a heart attack. Something like that. Or does he get shot or something? I don't think there's any guns in this movie at all. Oh, you might be right. So, but something happens. To I'm him. thinking of speed. The bus driver gets shot in speed. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Different uh, California movie. So Katie has to like take over driving the bus and she has to like pull all these cool maneuvers. And there's like people jumping from one side of the bus. It's one of those accordion buses and like yeah. it's chopped in half and like... 
It's thrilling. It's amazing, right? This is an amazing fight, and the rest of the fights are somehow even better. I, I think could the bus not wrap one my brain was, around it. Bus one might have been my favorite just because how unexpected it was. Yeah. It was just like out of nowhere he starts handing people's asses to them. I was like, okay. <laughs> great. It was okay. great. It was great. So, okay, bus fight's over, and she's like, and Katie is like, who are you? And he's like, look, my dad is a, <laughs> my dad is an underground crime boss, and I was trained from the age of seven to be an assassin, and anyway. Oh, I think, impo- so importantly, one of, the guy who, I think the only white person in this movie, frankly, um, one of the, the thugs. Hench- the, no, 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 you're forgetting the amazing cameo later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. He's half white. He's half white. But the, the henchman says to Shang-Chi, you and your sister deserve what's coming. And then, yeah, Katie, like, follows him off the bus and is like, what just happened? And yeah. he's like, listen, we gotta go get my sister. And she's like, you have a sister? <laughs> right. Well, huh. he doesn't say we. He's like, oh, I, I have, have to, to fly to Macau to go warn my sister. And she's like, all right, I'm coming with you. And he's like, no, you're not. And she's like, yeah, I super am. <laughs> yeah. See Which you at the I airport. Loved. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, so so we get, like, a lot of flashbacks to his upbringing, which was very, very brutal, like, after his mother's death, right? Yeah. So I think there's the golden period of his life is, is during the time when his mother is alive, and it seems like they had a very, like, sweet, cozy family structure, and it was, like, very kind and loving. And then the minute his mom died, it all went to pot. Yeah, his dad basically, I mean, we'll hear this later on, but his dad basically says, like, I never should have taken the rings off because if I had kept them on, like, nobody would have dared, like, hurt any of you or hurt your mother. And um... So I, I didn't know, so I think, like, I guess we're, we're doing a movie that we've already said we're going to fully spoil, but, like, I'll say that, like, I did not... I did not guess that the mom had been murdered, which was silly, right? That's an obvious thing. But like, I kind of was like, oh, it's another sad cancer mom. And it's like, no, it's super not. What I honestly, what I assumed at first was she is a magical person living Mm. in a um, non-magical world. The same way that like in Spider-Verse, there are these ill effects if you stay in a different dimension for too long. Oh, interesting. Like a Selkie or whatever. I, you know? I sort of assumed it was like, she's too magical and beautiful for this world. And she, she really is. <laughs> she she knew that she was going to have a finite amount of time and she did it anyway. Did it anyway, yeah. But what actually happens is affecting in a completely different way. And it's really rough. It is rough. It's really, really rough. We'll so... So we get some flashbacks to Shang-Chi's childhood of him being absolutely brutalized by, you know, his father's henchmen, like, trying to train him up into, like, the ultimate assassin. And meanwhile, his sister kind of hiding in the shadows the whole time and the sister training on her own. Yeah. So. And he says to Katie that he was sent basically on an assassination. And she says, she asked, did you go through with it? And he kind of shakes his head. And he said, I just sort of started over. Which is wild to think about, like, you're a 14-year-old kid and... He's an illegal immigrant, basically. Not that I really... I don't care for that term. But, like... Yeah. um, That's what... He would have been, like... Felt like he was on the run the whole time. And, like, you know, wouldn't have had any papers. And it must have been so stressful. Like, his whole... You know, all of his More or less stressful than being beaten with bamboo rods. Because that was... Less... I want to say less (laughs) stressful. (laughs) So... 
you know, they're taking an ele- Katie and Shang-Chi are taking an elevator up to this address that they have for his sister. They get to Macau, yeah. And they, he, and Shang-Chi kind of signs this thing without really reading it. And it turns out that it's like, he's going to go fight in the, he is like, there's like an underground fighting club that they stream the fights and people bet on it. And it's like a huge moneymaker. And Shang-Chi's just like, I'm just here for my sister. I don't know what any, and, but they like recognize him from the viral video of him beating up people on the bus. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy on the bus that was like, what's up y'all. I'm on this bus. Oh my God. It was so funny. <laughs> It was like Flash in the new Spider-Man yes, movies, just like yes. the constant vlogging. <laughs> yeah. So um, they're all like, oh, it's Bus Guy. Bus Guy's here. Bus Boy. I think they call him Bus Boy. Like, Bus Boy's here. And so it's like, you're going to be in the main ring. And he steps into the ring. This and is I, the, when I, I wish I had somebody to turn to in the theater. I was like, it's going to be his. Oh, because I was like, oh, what if it's his dad? And then it was his sister. I was like, oh, that's smarter. That's smarter. Oh. Because he's like, I'm here for my sister. And the guy's like, listen, just fight this person who's really dangerous. And then afterwards, I'll help you find your sister. And I was like, it's going to be the sister. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you have <laughs> better grasp on narrative techniques than I do. <laughs> so then the sister steps into the ring. I am in love immediately. You I and my friend love. both are just like, step on me. I love I, you. I will say something. I... Did not understand. Some people have that very, like, the violent way of talking about their affection for someone. Like, this person could step on my neck and, like, you know, whatever. I'm I'm not normally that person. Man, Shelling <laughs> could murder me and I would say thank you. I, I had to <laughs> There were so many tweets that were just like, I would die for her and also she should kill me. Just like... <laughs> That was, I was, like, she stepped into the ring and she had that amazing, like, bare midriff black outfit on. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is, if this is how I die, like, you know, like, yes. <laughs> I was fully fine with it. I was like, this is great. I would, she could kick the snot out of me and I wouldn't care. So the two of them fight. They're pretty equally matched, but Shang-Chi kind of, like, pulls a punch and is like, I'm not gonna knock out my sister so then she knocks him out yeah um and By the way, he's shirtless for this fight thank you oh and it much. was su- it was such fan service and i really appreciate it marvel thank you <laughs> so then they kind of like go to a back office and she is extremely salty and oh yeah she, she's, she's just like, like you abandoned me yeah you abandoned me and how dare you and he's like look i'm just here because like dad's thugs beat me up and like this is the address i had for you and she's like how'd you even have this address the whole thing's a setup you know dad's thugs bust in there's a whole series of fights there they're fighting they're fighting outside on the scaffolding this was of my the building fight, the scaffolding it fight. was very good it was very for me it was very nerve-wracking i was like Ooh, well and that's why i like look it out. so stressful yes it was because so he just good. kept shang she just kept like pushing uh um uh what do you call it? like like um you know the guys that he hires that the dad hires the henchmen? goons yeah goons. henchmen goons Shang-Chi just keeps pushing goons over the side, like, wah! Like, oh! It is, but the way that they played with, like, the levels of scaffolding and, like, all that stuff was really amazing. Yeah, it was extremely well choreographed and also very stressful for me. Very stressful. And the sister, like, full-on dips at the beginning of the Initially. And then she comes back to help save Katie. Yeah. They're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And then Shang-Chi gets to a point where he thinks he... There's, like, this weird guy in a mask who... Um, was one of the guys who was, like, the hardest on him when he was a little kid. I think we are to understand him as, like, a lieutenant or something. Yes, like, I agree, so I agree. Pretty high up. 
So he's a Shang-Chi is about to like murk this guy. That was the other thing. That that fight between the two of them was like brutal. Like you could yes. hear the like you could hear the skin being bruised in that fight. It was yeah. brutal. And Shang-Chi is like about to murk this guy, and then it's like the lights come on and his dad's there being like, Yep, thanks. Alright, let's go. And <laughs> And it's this moment where he said, I told my men they would yeah. not be able to kill you. And I'm glad I was right or something like that. And you're like, thanks. You're like, this is the weirdest. (laughs) Like, we'll talk about the dad more, I'm sure, because there's a lot coming up. Um, But like, I really liked him as a villain because it was such a nuanced role. And like, to have your kids be on the opposite side of you is like such an interesting family relationship. So, yeah. So, uh, basically... (laughs) Shang-Chi and his sister and Katie are all kidnapped and brought back to the Ten Rings compound. Mm -hmm. And, you know, both of the pendants have been stolen from the kids at this point, but the dad uses them in, like, a mystical... There's, like, a dragon's carving, and he, like, puts the necklaces into the eyes of the dragon, then there's, like, a mystical water map, and it's, like, this is how how we get to Talo, and they're, like, okay... Why? And he's like, oh, your mom has been calling to me. Like, she's been calling to me for a while. Um, And uh, it turns out that the villagers became, like, very angry with her, you know, for whatever reason. I don't remember. Leaving, I think. Yeah. And so they, like, kidnapped her and imprisoned her. And, and, like, us as the audience, we're like, we have no, we don't, we have no, like, information on whether this is plausible, right? At this point in the movie... This is as plausible as anything else. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So you're like, oh, dip. Okay. Like, their mom is... And I'm thinking like, oh, okay. Like, maybe the mom is alive. Because I thought Michelle Yeoh was like the older version I of did the too. mom. I did too. She's she's not. But I had seen the trailer. I saw Michelle Yeoh and I was like, oh, she's the mom. You know, after all these years. Turns out, no. Uh, but, so I'm thinking, like, oh my god, like, this village is evil, and they've kidnapped this woman, and, like, okay, so the, you know, the, and so now it's this interesting thing of, like, the dad's, like, a villain, not really a villain. The kids are, like, mom is dead. And the dad is, like, no, 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 Like, we're gonna go, like, we're, and we'll finally all be together again, we'll be a family yeah. again, like, it's, Which is, it's, I mean, I, the, I get, that's kind of what I mean, like, it's so heartbreaking because it comes from this, like, his it comes from this such a wounded place where like you do believe he's such a good actor that like you do believe this man's love for his wife like he would burn down a village to get his wife back if if she was yeah it's like liam neeson and taken yes yes (laughs) taken taken got straight taken and look i you know instantly like i I took one look at her and i was like i will also burn down a village for you (laughs) like you are gorgeous so I, i you know it's one of those things where I think the movie is very, very smart in a lot of ways. And one of the ways in which it is smart is that it doles out the story of what happened to the mom in very small doses so that you don't really know what the ground truth is until it's almost too late. It's almost like um, episode eight of Star Wars where you sort of the different sides of what happened with... um... Well, I don't, I wouldn't compare it to that's, you know, like that's sort of like Rashomon. Like it's not... It's just that infer- it's not that you're getting um you're not getting these flashbacks that are different. You're just, I guess that's true. You're not stuff is just being withheld. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know the kids are like, this is stupid, and so the dad's like, great, I'm gonna put you in prison. So bye. <laughs> and so 
he Poor put Katie. Katie. <laughs> yeah, but Katie is just like, I could have stayed in San Francisco. <laughs> so the three of them get thrown into a jail cell and well, like a jail complex kind of. And they're like wandering around and they hear some guy um, reciting Shakespeare. And they're like, what even is happening? And they go and they see Ben Kingsley. And oh I was God. like, what is happening? So I Sir forgot ben Kingsley. about Iron Man 3, but I did. I had to say, I was like, Ben Kingsley, why? Why? You're better than this. You were in Schindler's List. <laughs> I, I don't know. I liked this role in this movie for him. I liked this. So he, he apparently... Was in Iron Man three as a character called the Mandarin. Already not great, and yeah, he was a he was in that movie. You come to find out, like he was a pawn. Yes, and that's what he said. So he kind of catches the audience, inc- including me, who did not see Iron Man. 3. I saw Iron Man three, but like instantly forgettable. So I barely, <laughs> yeah. So he like catches the audience up on like there was like a real terrorist, and I was the front, and I was called the Mandarin, and. That's like a nickname that Wenwu has gone by sometimes. And so he was super offended and he was going to murder me. And then I started doing Shakespeare and his guys loved it. So now I'm basically just like an imprisoned jester situation. And I was supposed to do something for your return dinner. Oh, right, right, right. And so they're like, okay. And then this, (laughs) how do I describe what this is? This is, uh, so it's a CGI uh, uh, fantasy animal that looks like... If you took like um like a capybara and you only had and you took two capybara butts <laughs> with their respective feet and you glued them together in the middle so it was like a symmetrical dual butted capybara with, with wings. wings and then you put wings on it. So apparently I I am I am doing a little bit of of investigatory journalism as you talk. <laughs> apparently this is called a a hundun Oh, is this like a, is this like part of some culture's yeah, mythology that I've a, just trampled on? This is a, apparently a Chinese folk character. Oh I, no, I'm sorry, China. I'm not sorry, Chinese government, but I'm sorry, Chinese people. I did not, I thought this was complete nonsense as well. Yes. But apparently it's a, it's called a hundun, which is both a quote, legendary faceless being in Chinese mythology and quote, the primordial and central chaos in Chinese cosmology comparable with the world egg don't know what a world egg is <laughs> sounds good hundun was semantically extended from a mythic primordial chaos nebulous state of the universe before heaven and earth separated uh, i don't i'm good you know what i don't need the backstory he's just a cute dual-butted capybara <laughs> i like him but it is apparently it is a chinese folk character sure great cool so they're like, oh my god, what is that? And Ben Kingsley's like, oh, you can see him. I thought I was going crazy. Anyway, this is Morris. And, <laughs> and they're like, we have to get to our mom's village because like our dad is trying to go there and he's going to like burn it down and we have to warn them. And Ben Kingsley's like, oh yeah, Morris can like guide us there. So, so Morris they- is, uh, was brought back by... When Wu, when he went on an expedition to try to get to Talo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's like, yeah. So he's like a mythical fantasy creature from this, you know, fantasy place. So they break out of prison, which the sister like just instantly does. She's like, I grew up here. There's tunnels. Come on. So yeah, this is how she said, this is how I got out in the first place. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So she steal, they steal a car and then they drive to those bamboo forests we saw like at the very beginning. 
and Ben Kingsley sitting in the back with Morris in his lap, just doing like, all right, you know, and Katie's driving because Katie's like the driver. Yeah. <laughs> and too fast and like, furious up in here. Yes. And so, you know, Ben Kingsley will be like, okay, a hard left in three, two, one. It's like, and it's just like this, you know, thrilling sequence of driving through some like really mad bamboo trees. They end up in Talo, like not at the like gateway century place where the mom and dad met. Like they end up like for real. They, in... they drive through it like they're in, you know, like Disney's Animal Kingdom. Safari. <laughs> 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 They like, drive through this like gorgeous untrammeled land full yeah, of and they're like creatures. by yeah. four. Yeah, like it's just oh, it's terrible. It's they've got those like lions that look curly. You know what I mean? Like the curly they're like dragon lions. lions. Yeah, 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 dragon lions. So they're like, hey, we're here, and then Michelle Yeoh <laughs> comes out and she's like, hey, I'm your aunt, and I was like, oh, the mom really is dead. That's too bad. <laughs> Yeah. That was the moment for me. I was like, oh, she dead. Okay. Well, except at that point, I was like, we don't know Michelle Yeoh. Maybe this place is I've... too good to be true. And maybe, uh, you know. Oh, no. I instantly was like, Michelle Yeoh is, is pure, um, like, lawful good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, she is as a human. I don't, you know, like, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it was very... Yeah, she's like, I'm your aunt, and I've waited so long to meet you, and I had, like, a lot of auntie feels. Yeah, and she's like, your, your, your mom left you some stuff, which turns out to be some cool uniforms. Oh my god, the coolest. Yes. And she's like, oh, we live here because there's this horrible, like, it's basically a kaiju. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I mean, at one point in the movie, I was like, oh, it's a kaiju fight. I know kaiju is Japanese, also, that's what it was. Yes. So, like, she's like, there's this horrible, huge monster who, like, eats souls. Like, that's the its whole thing, is, like, eats souls, and, and it eats, as it eats souls, it gets, like, bigger and more dangerous, and it has all these little minions that goes out, they go out and harvest souls. It's very gruesome, actually. And, like, a Chinese dragon saved us and, and helped us lock away this, you know, uh, soul eater. Uh, this great protector dragon and like we guard the village you know we no, we live in this village that guards basically the entrance to this um you know prison for and this everything thing everything is guarded with dragons yes the only thing that works against the dark creatures are our dragon scale um weapons and michelle yo is like look your dad is hearing your mom's voice like he's not crazy he's hearing your mom's voice because what the dark creature does is it like basically is looking out in the world like who could possibly like bust me out of here you know yeah and she said like the ten ring are powerful enough to do that yes and there i think i think the idea is like almost nothing would be strong enough but the ten rings are strong enough and so the the dweller in darkness this like soul eater is basically giving sending hallucinations yeah, yeah sending Wen Wu like auditory hallucinations of his wife to try and lure him there and it's working I mean yep. and that's again like it's so heartbreaking for the dad because I mean I know that he was a notorious crime boss and like he has and a he was lot Genghis of, Khan and he probably murdered like millions of people. scores and scores of people and He's being, like, the one thing that he truly, like, loved enough to give up this life of crime for. He's being manipulated with that one thing. It's very... Yes. It's, a, it's rough stuff. Like, it's like Shakespearean. Yeah. So, 
And they're like, oh no. So <laughs> she's like, all right, they're going to be here in like three days. So like you have like three days to turn into badass warriors. So the sister's like, I'm already there. Congrats. Yes. So, oh, by the way, that actress like actually trained. She has like that. She's like a weapon where it's like a, a rope with two spiky things on either side. Yeah. A bolo. Is that what it's called? No. It's like a She like the actress. Longer. The actress in real life was like, I want to be good at this in real life so her name is uh i'm gonna botch this i'm sorry i'm very white munger zhang is her yeah. name so actually i didn't i didn't love that actress but um well but i i appreciate for that, me <laughs> yeah i appreciate that she like worked her ass off and she like genuinely got good at these like sort of niche weapons um for this like whole you know climax of this movie and shang chi has a well first i'll talk about the sister again for a second like Talo is this place where they train it, it's it seems very like egalitarian egalitarian gender wise and uh, Michelle Yeoh is like we train all together as equals so like you don't have to train by yourself and that seems to really hit the sister where she lives I was hoping the sister was gonna stay at the end of the movie but she does not well we'll get there um <laughs> but then Shang-Chi has this moment with his aunt where he says like my mother was the only one who could ever beat my father like show me how she did it and the beautiful thing about his you know the sort of second half of the movie that we're getting in he really has to reconcile these two sides of himself and yes accept two heritages yeah yeah. and it's really it's beautiful and his aunt is a, a really big part of like unlocking his mom's side of the family which is really nice I think literally the only misstep in this movie, the only thing that while I was watching it, I went, I don't love this, is that that romantic opening fight between the mom and the dad gets mirrored twice at the ending. There's a fight between Shang-Chi and his aunt, Mm -hmm. and there's a fight between Shang-Chi and his dad, both of which mirror that opening fight. And I get what they were going for, but what it comes out feeling like is like oh a nice romantic moment between Shang-Chi and his family members (laughs) like it's very it's it just does not work that's that was the only thing I left the movie theater being like that was 99.9% great and they needed to make like one change which is that you cannot ape that fighting style (laughs) oh that's interesting I didn't have that reaction that's interesting I sort of took it very much as like he is connecting with his mom but I can see how, because the first fight is so romantic, I can see how you would feel that way. Yeah. So we finally get the flat. Oh, we- Katie starts uh, training with the archers. Yeah. And-, and it's like a, you know, part of both Shang-Chi and Katie's characters is that they're kind of burnouts and they haven't ever really done anything long enough to get good at it. I mean, Shang-Chi had his entire childhood subsumed by that, but like as a- as young adults, they don't yeah. do anything long enough to get good at it. So this is like, for Katie, this is a character development moment of like, I'm going to actually like buckle down and get really good at archery in three days, but whatever, it's fine. So we finally get the circumstances around their mom's death. This was rough. It's very, it's very sad. It's very brutal. They're just like, the mom is just at home with the kids when a rival gang shows up and they're like, hey, you know, your husband like murdered one of our guys and now we have to like extract a price. And the mom is like super calm and she's just like, hey, my husband's changed. And they're like, yeah, we don't really care. And she says, the children are innocent. Let the children go. And they're like, 
all right. <laughs> the, the kids, you know, and so she like, you know, kneels down to the kids and she's just like, I love you and, and I'll always love you and, and be safe and, don't be and afraid, don't, yeah. yeah, don't be afraid and don't watch and just like go into the back room and whatever. And she, she initially thinks she's going to be able to maybe fight her way out of it. Cause there's only like six guys initially. And then like 30 guys come out and you're just like, Oh, <laughs> So she goes down fighting. Yeah. Um, you don't, we don't see a lot of the fight. A, 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 I would assume because it's going to be pretty brutal. It's a bunch of like heavily armed men against a woman in a nightgown. So yeah, like it's got to be pretty brutal. You, you hope, I think she took some guys with her, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you basically, you see Shang-Chi is like watching at the window, watching his mother get murdered yeah, by these because, guys. And he very, like this is very sad he says to her like you don't have your powers here yes right she's like it's okay yeah so you know finally like we understand as an audience at this point first of all that this is like the driving event behind shang chi's entire childhood and the father's you know severe reaction we also understand the mom is super dead. <laughs> like, this is not a situation where, oh, my, maybe she's being held in prison. Like, we saw her dead body. She is dead. This whole thing is, you know, this dweller in darkness tricking the dad. Yeah. So the father comes home, in the flashback, the father comes home. Shang-Chi is out by his mother's body. The father... And it's just that one of those heartbreaking, like, mommy, wake up! Yeah. Where you're like, no, no, it's come on, bad. movie. And the father basically says like if i still had the 10 rings nobody would dare if i had not taken them off nobody would have dared hurt your mother and this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna put the 10 rings back on and you're gonna come with me and we're gonna um, he says something to the effect of a a blood debt has to be paid in blood so they go little like seven-year-old shang chi which i thought this actor did a great job the little kid he was such a sweet little kid such a sweet soft boy who was put in an impossible situation with his father they go to like you know the gangster hideout or whatever and the dad just murders people and says to shang chi like you're gonna help me do this and this little boy is like okay uh yeah okay because he's basically like well i have to do this for my mom you know also he he has one parent left and that's the parent telling him to murder people you're like you know come on yeah and we also see and i thought this was a really great sort of stroke we also see that the job that he got sent to America on was to murder the like sort of linchpin of the plan to murder his mom. The guy who was the yes. ringleader has fled to America. And so he gets sent to America at the age of 14, go murder this guy. That's who he was sent to kill. And he also finally admits to Katie, like I did kill that guy. <laughs> like I told you I couldn't go through with it, but that was not true. I super murdered that guy who killed my mom. And she's like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think she, look, she handled all of this with a, with a grace that I don't think We would all be so lucky. I mean, I would have peed myself immediately at like the first (laughs) sign of any of this, but she was like, look, you were a child and your father trained you to be an assassin and sent you out on a hit. Like what, what choice did you have? You know? And he basically says to her, I'm going to kill my dad. Yeah. He says a blood debt has to be paid in, paid in blood. I'm going to kill my dad. Yeah. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then he like walks away from her. And I was, and I had a moment of like, I'm loving their relationship. I also wonder if like the night before this crazy battle, you'd be like, come on just once. 
Maybe you and I. <laughs> no, I was glad that they. Did I was glad there. too. I was glad too. No but complications, like, look please. At how, look at him, though. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there is that. <laughs> All the people you've been bros with have never looked like that. Because I would have been like Brianna. <laughs> Brianna. <laughs> I know you're quote unquote just friends, but look at his bod. I mean, a lot of the guys that I'm just bros with are perfectly lovely, wonderful guys who are cute in their own way, but none of them have a 14 pack. So <laughs> Exactly. So, okay. Wenwu shows up and there's like a huge brawl. It's really bad. You know, you know, the the villagers are are they're trying to hold their own, but you know, they're getting overpowered by superior technology, quite frankly. And, you know, Shang-Chi fights his dad, but the dad forces him to the bottom of the lake. There's, like, a lake between the village and the, um, gate. Yeah. And then he kind of, like, fooms him. The dad fooms himself over to where the gate is. And he starts just, like, punching the gate with his ten rings. Just being like... And he can hear his wife's yeah, voice. Yeah, the it's mother so sad. is, like, calling to Hannah. Yeah. And, like, little soul eaters start, like, getting out the edges. And... Um, Michelle Yeoh is like, says to like the ringleader of the henchmen, like, you have to join with us to fight these things or we're all going to die. And the guy's like, oh, LOL. And then like, he sees one of his like g- best guys get soul sucked by one of these. It looks like a Minoc, quite frankly. From it Star does Wars. look like a Minoc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he sees one of his best guys get soul sucked by a Minoc and he's like, okay, so... <laughs> You know, they, they give the, the Wenwu's guys, like, uh, dragon scale weapons, and they're all trying to fight these Minox. I loved, so the, the henchman who, like, the white henchman, basically, like, the one, the one white guy in the, the movie. The one yeah. white guy has, instead of has, one of his arms he is, like, cut off at the, um, Elbow, the wrist right? or whatever. Yeah. And um, so he has, like, a blade that he attaches to it. Yes. And I loved that in the battle he... Um, attaches like a dragon scale blade to it instead once they switch sides yeah it's i really great. like that meanwhile we see shang chi like suspended in the water and he's like having flashbacks to his mom telling him like you know you are your father's child and your mother's child and like you need to accept that and the big old dragon who lives at the bottom of the lake is like what 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 are you doing here, young man? No, this none of this actually happens, although it would have been great. No, the dragon just kind of, like, wakes up and... Feeds him bubbles. Bubbles of air, yeah. And then the dragon poofs off to go, you know, fight. And then Shang-Chi goes back to, you know, basically goes to the gate where his dad is, like, trying to punch the gate down. He rides the dragon to the gate. And the Which is pretty like, cool. I'll TTYL. And he's yeah. like, cool. <laughs> he goes and... So the dad, the dad and Shang-Chi have this like really emotional fight, basically, where the dad is like, how could you have let her die? And he's oh. like, dad, I was seven. Oh my God. He was like, you watched your mother die and you did nothing. And I was like, oh my God, you're such a little baby boy. Like, what yes. were you supposed to do? And then. Yeah, it was terrible. And he says to his father, like, we needed you and all you cared about were those rings. Yes. It's very sad. Yes. And they're fighting Shang-Chi gets control of five of the ten rings, so they change color. It's like a lightsaber. Like, they're blue when they're with the dad, but they're gold when they're with Shang-Chi. So they goldify, like, five of them turn golden, and then they're kind of fighting more even-handedly. And then uh, the big soul sucker, like, breaks out, and the dad has this 
instant where he realizes what has happened. Yeah. That he's been tricked by this, you know, creature of darkness or whatever. And that, like, he can't... He basically... The only thing he can do at this point... The only positive thing he can do at this point is save his kid. So Mm -hmm. he deliberately, you know, gets gives the Ten Rings to Shang-Chi, like, in this moment. And... Uh, lets himself get soul sucked basically in order to save his son it's just this final moment of like i was like oh this is such a good villain arc right yeah like that he is not a good person right we're not saying this guy he we're not saying he has a point he super doesn't have a point however he's like very human and relatable and understandable and he does have this one moment at the very end when he gives up his life for his son and it's actually kind of beautiful yeah so then it's just a kaiju fight. You know, it's just Mega Soul Sucker versus Cool Great Dragon. Protector. And they are... The only stuff worth noting in this final fight, I think, is first of all, that Katie gets to fire, like, the decisive arrow that wounds the um, bad kaiju. Yeah. And the other thing is that the sister, at one point, is riding the dra- the good dragon with her brother, and there comes a moment where, like, it looks like they're losing. And the sister tells Shang-Chi, like, just, like, let me go. And Shang-Chi's like, no, I'm not going to let you down again, you know. And, and they manage to, like, man- <laughs> manage to make it all work. But anyway, like, okay. okay. Oh, I real- Look, I'm a little sister, as we both know. <laughs> and, like, some of the stuff we didn't get into as much were, like, there is a scene, a flashback scene, where um, 14-year-old Shang-Chi is about to be sent off on this mission where he's going to kill this guy. And the sis- he's sitting with his sister, and the sister's like, please don't. Don't yeah, leave me alone. Not a, it, 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 it was a different kind of bad parenting, right? For, for He was actively abusive to his son, and he was horribly neglectful to his daughter. Yeah. And she was like, please don't leave me alone here with him. Because you get the sense they have a very close um, sibling relationship. Yes. And he's like, listen, I'll be back in three days. And you hear over, like, in the beginning of the movie, she said, like, three days turned into a week, turned into three months, turned into six years until I realized that, like, you know, um, I could do this without you. And the, so, like, that's, a, like, I have such a soft spot for these, like, sibling repair relation. You know what I mean? In, in movies like this. So, anyway. Uh-huh. So. so, they, they they you know, kaiju fight. They win. It's great. And... Can I say one thing also about... I'm going to keep interrupting you, but... Can I say one thing about the soul-sucking CGI, okay? Looked like the same soul-sucking from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, it does. If you've ever... <laughs> listeners, if you've ever seen the amazing 90s the masterpiece of uh, halloween theater halloween known as hocus pocus movie called hocus pocus so you know how like the when they're the witches are breathing in the soul of an unsuspecting child it's got they kind of got this glow about them the same thing mm-hmm. happens in this movie so like the kaiju are fighting each other or like when the dad's soul is getting sucked away i was like this is a very tense moment and all i can think about is bet midler <laughs> anyway <laughs> so okay you know, final battle's over, and we cut to 
Shang-Chi and Katie are in San Francisco. It, it's actually a, a mirror of a scene that's at the very beginning where they are hanging out with a friend of theirs. And the friend is like, I think it's a friend from high school or college or something. And the friend is basically like berating them for not applying themselves at the beginning. And now yeah. at the end of the movie, they're telling the whole story of what's happened in the movie. And she's like, um, okay, you guys, like <laughs> I was just giving you like, life advice and then you're gonna be like really snarky to me or whatever and then uh the sorcerer wong from uh the the doctor strange series of movies and products and whatever like cuts uh you know he does one of those like um you know catherine wheel uh firework in the air thing where he basically cuts a hole in reality and i was sitting there like why is it wong and not doctor strange was it like we're not gonna have any white people in this movie (laughs) (laughs) it's also possible that benedict Cumberbatch was filming um, No Way Home. Yes, that's true. That's uh, AKA Doctor Strange F's it up real good if you've seen the trailer <laughs> for that. So, so Wong is like, hey, Shang-Chi, Katie, get in here. And they're like, okay, we gotta go. And the friend is just like, oh my God, right? <laughs> so they step through the thing and then that's like the end of the movie. But then the first post credit sequence is them hanging out with Wong. And I really liked this. Yeah. So they're like examining the Ten Rings and they're like, we don't know where. The-. So so it's Wong in person and Katie and, and Shang-Chi are obviously there also. But then on like a teleconference is Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner. Bruce Mark, Banner, Mark by the Ruffalo's way. has got some gray hair. These oh, days. he's so sweet. I know. He's gone back to like a, being a human, which is interesting because he at the an, an end game, he was completely hulked all the time. So they're like look, we've looked at these 10 rings. We can't figure out what they are. Like Captain Marvel's like, it's not like alien in origin. And Bruce Banner's like, I, you know, I can't figure out what kind of metal this is or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I, what I loved about this was Captain Marvel was like, oh, there's like some alert goes off in her room. And she's like, oh, I got to take this. Like, but you know, if you have to get in touch, you know, Bruce has my number and she blinks out and Bruce is like, I don't have her number. I don't know. <laughs> I loved that. And, but then he's like, anyway, I don't know. Good luck. And he like, you know, shuts off his teleconference too. And they're just like, huh, weird. These are like, you know, and we can't find any, the Sanctum Sanctorum doesn't have any books about this or whatever. And Wong's like, okay, I guess you guys should go home now. And they're like, or, and then the three of them go out uh, karaoke partying, which Welcome is great. To the Hotel California. Yeah. Which is a song that has a through line that I'm not going to explain. Cause it's funnier if you see it and it's going to be stupid if I explain it. And then there's a second post credit scene where yeah. I was like, no, but you and, and my best friend were both like, yes. Well, oh. you were, so I was, so the lights came up in the theater and I was texting you and I was like, oh my God, I loved it. And I, I, I think I said like, I'm in love with every member of woman and his family. And you were like, well, did you get to the second post credit sequence yet? Because that might affect how you feel about one of the family members. And I was like, okay. And then basically we hear at the end of the movie that... Because Shang-Chi had said like, oh, my sister is like disbanding yes. the, the Ten Rings compound, organization. yeah, And she's disbanding my father's organization. And then we cut to this lady <laughs> in a baller. And she, the one of the henchmen comes and is like, all right, they're waiting for you. And you think it's like the convoy is getting ready to leave or whatever. And she's going to shut up behind them. And she comes out and she sits, you know, on this. Basically a throne. throne. Yeah. And she she has like so much swagger. Like she's sitting like a guy on the subway who like doesn't care about <laughs> She's just, She's got such swagger and she's like, all right, let's get started. And then you pan out 
to men and women training together. It was mostly women. It was mostly women. And I and I texted you and I was like, I fully don't care. Like <laughs> I was I was like, yes, I saw it, and also like good for her. <laughs> like, I, was, I, was like, I was like, if she wants to be a co ed like if she wants to manage a co ed crime syndicate, then that's okay. <laughs> Co-ed crime syndicate sounds like a seventies exploitation movie. But the I, re- no, the reason. So the real reason why I feel like I actually don't mind that as a as a plot thread is that I think it allows for a lot of like room for familial another familial conflict, right? And it also allows her like room to grow. Like you were saying, oh, I wish she would have stayed in Talo and sort of like become a warrior there, and like maybe she will. But I think it makes a lot of sense for her character at the end of this to be like, my father's gone. And, you know, she has a line earlier in the movie about how, like, I watched everything the boys did and I learned how to do it better and I learned to do it all by myself. Like, I think it makes sense for her character. Like, she's got a lot of pent up rage. Look, I'm just sitting here like, Shang-Chi just wants his family back. (laughs) Like, he, and he's now he's a superhero. Okay? So, like... You can't be a superhero with your sister leading a crime syndicate. Like that does that ends in tears. A I don't want a crime to, syndicate though. <laughs> I don't want it to end in tears. I just want them to have like Thanksgiving together, you know? <laughs> Look, I get you. And also, she could murder me and I would say thank you. So, I'm not the right person to ask. It's um, a very interesting thing about this character is that she initially filmed many of her scenes with like these weird highlights in her hair, like like bright colored, multicolored oh. highlights in her hair. And then she read an essay about how Asian women often kind of get these highlights in their hair in like lots of works of fiction and 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 graphic arts and stuff like that. And um, I you know whoever wrote the essay was very critical of this trend. And she read it and she felt like oh my God, like, I don't want to contribute to this. So she went to, I don't know if it was Kevin Feige or whoever was directing the movie or whatever and said, I know we've already filmed scenes, but like, I really want to go back to like plain black for my hair. So they, going forward, they filmed her with, with plain black. But then for the previous scenes, they had, you know, your friend Meg over in VFX (laughs) take the the highlights out with CGI. Meg, uh, the company that Meg worked for previously uh, did work on this movie, so... Uh, maybe that was their job was to de-highlight her hair. It's very probable. But that's really I've seen I've seen that critique kind of float around. But I it's really interesting that he sort of took that to heart and decided. I don't have an understand like I just don't have an understanding of why it is critiqued, and so I'm not going to offer an opinion on yeah. it. But I just thought it was an interesting fact about this actress yeah. and this character. I've seen it a lot for um, comic books. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing that that was where, you know, that and like manga, I'm guessing that's where the majority of yeah. the sort of offending, so to speak, material. But I need to watch every, basically, like, I want to watch all their training sequences because all the fights in this movie were outstanding. And she did a wonderful job with the very, as you said, like the niche weapon that she was given and everything was great. So, yeah, I mean, I like, listen, I, I you, you want the sweet soft boy to have his family and I'm fully on board for that. And then also I'm a little bit like, yeah, she could do this. <laughs> <laughs> she could do it. Let her do what she wants for a little while. Let her, let her, <laughs> let her run this town and then eventually come to her senses. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you want to talk about anything else, Shang-Chi? Bef- oh, oh, I actually want to talk about one more Shang-Chi thing yeah, before we yeah. talk about the Matrix trailer, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is the soundtrack. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which Go is ahead. so good. So what Disney did, and I don't know, well, you know who at Disney made this decision, but what Disney did was they contracted with this service called 88 Rising, which is like a, I don't know if it's a label exactly, but let's call it a music label for um, musicians of Asian descent. And so the whole album is... As far as I know, the whole album is from people who, you know, are of Asian descent in one way or another. And the album is amazing. And there are two songs on the album in particular. And I think that I will go to the trouble of clipping them to use as intro and outro music for this episode. The one song is called Fire in the Sky by Anderson Pock. And the other one, oh boy, I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, Every Summertime by Nikki, N-I-K-I. Is that the one in the end credits about... I'm no, Fire in now. the Sky is the end I'm credits. That's Fire in the Sky. Oh, okay. So that okay. song is incredible. It's very catchy. And the other, yeah, so the other one that's going through my head, that has been going through my head for two weeks, is this Nikki song, um, Every Summertime. And they are just so good. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna clip those as intro and outro music. I would really, you know, encourage people to, you know, stream the album, buy the album, whatever. The soundtrack is really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, they did a similar thing with Black Panther. Like, mm-hmm. the, the movies that sort of have this um very particular cultural background i think they they want to be as sort of celebratory of that in different facets of the the movie and the soundtrack for shang chi and for black panther both are amazing it was really refreshing to have this i mean i think we said a lot of this for black panther like it was really refreshing to see a movie that was so joyfully African and had all of these like wonderful sort of nods to different African cultures. And I think with this, like Ta Lo is this a beautiful Chinese fantasy village. Like it, it, and I think what she says, what what Michelle Yeoh says at one point is that Ta Lo used to be a lot bigger, and they had like amazing cities and sort of technology in cities to rival what we have on earth you know normally and so it would be really cool i'm assuming they're making a shang chi too uh because i think i have no idea leaves a lot open for that the postcard sequences but it would be interesting to see like do we get to spend more time in that sort of like fantasy china and yeah it was and and i think like the as you said at the beginning like the fluency in Mandarin and speaking, you know, like the whole intro is all in Mandarin. Oh yeah. I'd forgotten about that. So like they really, I think they did a lot. I mean, obviously we're not Chinese, but like, it seems to me that they really did a lot to honor the heritage of the character. Wonderful. All right. Now you want to talk about the matrix trailer real quick before we go. Uh, I was, I, uh, I am such a sucker because <laughs> my friends were like matrix trailer and you were like matrix trailer and i was like i've been so burned by you before the matrix Girl, trilogy <laughs> do you know how much time i spent in the summer of 2003 on like random message boards <laughs> because this was like pre-social media on random message boards like what does it all mean who is the architect and it's like it turns out nothing meant anything and so I was like, I was like, I'm going to keep, guard my heart as they <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I'm just going to keep it. I was like, I'm going to be normal, excited, but I'm not going to let myself get sucked in. I saw this trailer on the big screen, y'all. <laughs> I'm sucked in. I, I can't get away from it. First of all, Keanu 
you all know, longtime listeners of this show will know uh, how much I love him. But, like, on the big screen, it makes it such a difference, I think, to, like, see the, again, the fights and the explosions and Carrie Ann Moss. Like, the minute she showed up, I was like, well, I'm done. Like, talk about another <laughs> woman. Talk about another woman who, like, in my very formative years showed up, kicked the snot out of people, and I was like, you can do whatever you want to me. <laughs> like, you complete me. <laughs> yes! That was me and Trinity. I was like, you, I aspire and I will never be good enough <laughs> and I I'm kicking myself that I'm excited for this movie because I can see it breaking bad but I I'm almost I'm willing to open my heart again and, and I'm willing to be heartbroken <laughs> again for this there was a really funny tweet because both Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris are in this movie oh. <laughs> you say it you say it and they're and they're both in um like suits yeah and Neil Patrick Harris appears to be having a therapy session with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And Jonathan Groff, I think, is an agent. But he does kind of end the trailer. He's like, after all this time, I, you find yourself back in the Matrix, yeah, right? Yeah. But the, which I thought was corny. But there was one tweet that was like, so is this movie just sort of like choosing between two gay therapists? <laughs> little gobsmacked to see neil patrick harris appear in this Same. i was like you know nothing against larry fish but the the original matrix did not have that many stars in it you know it was like Lawrence fishburne was well known i think in black exploitation, but not particularly well known among like a wider audience wasn't he in apocalypse now uh yeah i think so but you know, he wasn't like some sort of well-known action star. You know, yeah. he wasn't like Jackie Chan, right? Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss, I'm not aware that anybody really knew Carrie Ann Moss in 1999, you yeah. know? Keanu Reeves was the only star. Like, they knew, the Wachowskis knew they needed, like, a star to get this made. And, and in Will fact, Smith they went to Will Smith down. first. <laughs> he turned them down to go do Wild Wild West, which I think he's still kicking himself about today. Um but, you know, then they go to Keanu. Keanu decides to do it. But Keanu's, like, the only celebrity. Like, Hugo Weaving was not well-known. He had not done Lord of the Rings yet. Joey Pantoliano was, like, a bit player. Yes. And then, like, I don't even remember the the actors who played, like, the other people who live on the ship. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, The Matrix, the original Matrix was not a movie full of, like, well-known actors. They spent and their even, money on special effects, I think. Well, I don't know. It's more like... It kind of gives you more of this, like, sense of, you know, being able to, you know, tamp down your disbelief because these are just people. These could, you know, these aren't, these aren't famous actors. They're just people. And I kind of feel like casting stars like, you know, Jonathan Groff and Neil Patrick Harris in this is a kind of a misstep. I mean, Mm. maybe I'll eat my words when I say it, but when I see it, but like, I'm just kind of like, you know, that's not what the Matrix is is right it's not like a it's not a showcase for like famous talent so this is an interesting choice and i don't really know and one of the wachowski sisters is not involved with this movie and i'm like okay well we'll see yeah yeah fool me three times shame (laughs) on you back again (laughs) no i'm fully like 
this is my problem is like I really I am fully I am ready to get hurt again but I hear everything you're saying because I did like it ended with Groff and I was like what (laughs) 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 um yeah but it it you know you got all the stuff back you got the wiggly mirrors the you know the the fighting in a dojo and the I mean I think the thing that really has me is the central love story which is of course like so so central to the first yeah I guess the second two but I don't really remember those am I gonna have to watch those again oh no I think this is being treated as more of like a refresher you know what I mean yeah I mean, he, he like, ended the world at the end of the third one, if my memory serves. Yeah, so. basically. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, we're in a Keanu-sance, and I'm not mad about it, so mm. I just... I, that is another one that I'm like, oh, I might have to see you on the big Keanu. Oh, it's going to be totally reviews-dependent for me. Mm. If some reviewers that I trust are like... Yes, this is like a totally worthy inheritor to the original movie. I will absolutely go see it on the big screen. Yeah. But I am not getting fooled again. <laughs> yeah. By, oh, look, you know, this is like this really cool set piece with like a cool car chase and these albino twins. Like, okay, but what does the movie mean? Oh, I don't know, man. Like, no. <laughs> no. I hear you. It's a Christ you allegory. Appraisal. Jesus Christ. <laughs> give you an honest appraisal i'll give you an honest appraisal listeners let us know what you think oh yeah get you know hit us up any any by any means necessary i think i'm that's it for me this this yeah sheer delight yeah go see it guys go see i mean you should have already seen it if you're listening to the end of this go see it again (laughs) until next time let us all wish for the blessings of Michelle Yao on all of us. I mean, yes, I will. I will pray for that. <laughs> okay. She's a goddess. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time, Ding Dong. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. you find love with me somehow. Yes, somehow. I'm calling it now. Fire in the sky. Sorry, that was something fell off my wall. Whoops. (laughs) Anyway.